0: What happens when you take a redneck fishing guide and pair him up with a master beekeeper? Well, we're about to find out. Join our host Ken Milam and John Swan as they help you brave the sting of beekeeping to reap the sweet rewards. This is The Hive Jive. This episode is brought to you by... A landlocked naval officer who
1: needed a new hobby outside of drinking snobby IPAs. Thank you, Mark. And we are recording. Okay, so... Um. First and foremost, we're going to give a shout out to our newest Patreon member, Adrian. Thank you so much for signing up and joining us there on Patreon. We greatly appreciate that. And now then, good morning, Mister Ken. How are you, morning, sir? Sir, how are you doing today? I am doing okay. Um, it's a it's another one of them rush days. We've got uh, another training. And uh, so this will we'll, we'll have to try to mind our time well so that each of our segments this week come out in <laughs> at least 30 and 30. Segment, a short segment?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, yeah. We don't have a, a 40, 45-minute one and then like a 10 to 15-minute one. <laughs> I'm sure everybody would appreciate that.
0: Okay.
1: Um, anyhow, so today we were going to be doing an update on uh, your apiary and kind of how things have gone this year. So, um, I know we, it's been a few weeks ago now, uh, we went out there and we did our inspections and our checks and stuff. And you've gathered a few different colonies since then. You've had a couple of water meter removals and now a bird bath removal. Right. Which that one sounds interesting just to say bird bath removal. Um, but yeah, so how. After going back through and and doing your recent assessment, how are things from your side?
0: It was uh, a tough year, a real tough year uh, in the bee business. Uh, You know, I put in, what, 11 packages. I lost like four, maybe five of those. and uh, But uh, then I picked up like six or seven colonies you know that we picked up we got the one out of the the uh well max got the one out of the meter box and burn it then we got the one out of uh oh uh, i'm sitting here thinking oh got the one out of the water or the bird i would got that earlier this week and it was a huge colony by the way it uh it's a standalone colony i mean we put it in an eight frame and it's, it's it's ready to go winter uh we'll have to feed the heck out of them so they can put some stores up but uh it's big enough it'll take the winter with bites without you know just like it is right now and and then you had a whole bunch of
1: small swarms as well
0: yes we've picked up swarms uh, something like, uh we have got 19 colonies. I've picked up five swarms. Uh, we've got some splits, and uh, well, we got the the split off of uh, one of the ten frames. It's doing well. <laughs> the ten frame cratered on us, but uh, it's just been one of those years. Uh, uh, it just because. You know the bee brush would come on it would start blooming. I'd quit feeding and then the the coll- the 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 packages went down and and yeah uh then some of them just flat absconded or I think we had one just flat starve out and then uh, let's see top bar uh she left the queen took off and they all left then we put bees into them and the the water meter the first water meter that we took out in lana we put in a top top bar nuke then we put her installed them into one of the big top bars and then the top bar swarm that we got It was a big swarm. We put it in the other top bar. Uh, There, the top bar nuke is that we put in. It's kind of, I don't know. I just don't know. It's not doing great. It's good, but it's not doing great. The big swarm we put in the other one, they're doing wonderful. So, uh yeah, it's everything's good. Uh, the swarm we got off of my brother, and we requeened it to Italian. Uh, it's doing wonderful. The the bee the queen is out. Uh, she's already laying, and I mean she is laying. We were looking yesterday at the at the 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 comb, and it <laughs> makes she is going to be, she is busy. One egg in every, every comb and filling up frames. Uh, they're going to be busy covering the brood here before long. So, yeah, uh, we got, uh, going to be really good there. Uh, going to come in, uh, looks like with a bunch of, uh, winter bees, uh, you know, winter bees is what we want for the spring and we'll be food feeding the fool out of them all this, uh, late this fall and, and, and putting out uh all the the pollen so just gonna be a, a great you know gonna be just a busy year and hopefully it'll be better next year and and uh looking forward to everything. Give me something to do besides sit at the house well, and watch T V. <laughs> <laughs> well I think
1: one of the one of the bigger kind of challenges out there this year versus last year. Last year, whenever you were first starting off, um, due to the amount of rain and the temperatures and everything for that season, last year it was a sea of flowers out there everywhere. There were just beautiful meadows and, you know, even right there where the, the apiary is, Um, all the acreage and stuff around it, and especially within a mile of it, was just flooded with flowers and and so many colors and stuff. And this year, really, the the main floral source was the um, white brush that you call the bee brush and then the mesquite. Um, And the mesquite would come on. Bloom for just a tiny little bit, and then it would shut down and stop, and then it bloomed again. And in fact, it's it's blooming again out there with you right now. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, and I think that that caused one of the major problems was the the lack of food. Whenever we should have been in the peak of the flow, it should have been doing great, and instead, you know, it it really wasn't. Or in some regards, too, like with that the white brush. You would see a lot of the white brush starting to bloom, but for whatever reason, it wasn't obviously producing very much nectar because, again, the colonies didn't, uh, didn't really ever bulk up on any of it.
0: They didn't. So the, I guess the moral of that story is, as John says all the time, open them up and pull the frames out. You Don't do front porch beekeeping. That is absolutely correct. Because <laughs> <laughs> I do front porch beekeeping. Yep, bees are in there. Well, where'd those bees go? Open it up. Oh, there's nothing in this comb except dead bees. <laughs> so, yep. yeah. Yeah, you can't you can't
1: do the front porch beekeeping. And it, it's a, you know, it, it's one of those things that it's really hard. There was somebody that was on our, I think it was on one of the, it, I think it was the Travis County Beekeepers Forum um, that posted and said, "Well, how you know how are we supposed to know if we're, if we're supposed to be feeding right now, and if so, how much you know?" And it's a very common question that that pops up a lot, especially in somebody's first year and, and, and in beekeeping in general. But the answer to all beekeeping questions is simply: you have to know what's going on inside your comb. You got to know what the bees are doing, and to know that you have to be familiar with what's going on inside there and remember what you saw, you know, the previous few times. So you have to open it up, you have to pull out the comb, you have to do an inspection, and, you know, that's how you can tell. Um, a colony that has a little bit of food coming in, but when you look in the cells that have the the larva in them, if the larva is in a dry cell and you can see the little larva curled up in there, but there's really no sign of moisture around it, that colony still doesn't have enough food And they need more in a colony that is healthy and has plenty of food and plenty of nutrition. Those cells with the larva in it, they're going to be swimming in a glassy pool of like a milky white kind of clear substance, depending on the age of the larva. And, you know, they're going to be all shiny. It's not going to look dry. Um, And then you can check the actual food stores as well. And, you know, if they start backfilling the cells, you can tell because you looked at it, you know, seven to 14 days ago and it wasn't that way. And, you know, now there's more and more liquid in the brood area as opposed to just in the store area, and they've capped their food stores or they're uncapping their food stores and they're eating all their food, you know, or in the case of your packages, mm-hmm. they just aren't storing up food, period. Um, so now one of the other things that you and I had talked about, and and it was one of those that every time you would ask, I gave you the same answer, but you didn't want that answer, <laughs> which was combining the colonies, Um, you know, you get these swarms in and they're smaller colonies and you have to make that decision, should you go through and combine that colony with another one to have one decent strong colony or, you know, do you leave them separate and take the chance of both of those colonies potentially not making it? And some of those are calls that could have been done earlier in the year, but, Kind of like the the one top bar, you know, when, when we finally got out there to look at it, it had dwindled down to where it was a queen and, like, you know, maybe 50 bees, maybe 100 bees max. Um, and that was one of those that, you know, I you you kept saying, well, what, what can we do? And I'd tell you, combine it. You've got another colony out there that you did a removal on that's doing great in a top bar, and you've got a swarm that's in a top bar, combine them with one of those colonies and make a strong colony. Because, unfortunately for the bees, it does take a certain amount of bees to make everything function, but then you've got to go above that threshold to truly have enough bees foraging to bring in enough resources to help the colony function. So there is a minimum number that you really have to maintain unless you're literally feeding them everything, but they also still have to be able to guard the space so that hive beetles and wax moths and things like that don't foul everything up. So it is a fine line, but now we're, you know, We're in the middle of the summer dearth right now, and um, air date wise, like recording date wise, this is uh, August 1st, and air date, you know, this will still be, it'll be August 3rd, it'll be the very beginning of August 2020, and we have to to start kind of making some decisions. This is the time where if you're looking at your colonies and they've got plenty of food stored, then they're good, you don't necessarily have to feed, but you've got to be monitoring And if you notice they've got seven frames of food today and you check next week and they're down to five, then they've started eating through that food. And if you check the next week and they're down to one, you better be feeding them because they're burning through that food really quickly. Now, if you check it this week and there's seven and you check it next week and there's still seven, then they're okay. You don't necessarily need to feed, but you've got to stay on top of that because things can change very quickly and very drastically, um, especially in a dearth, depending on the size of the colony. So, feeding will start, you know, commencing. You've already started feeding out there because we found that, you know, despite everything else there wasn't a lot of food. So you've got your feeding going, um, and and the next thing is going to be, you know, coming up on the fall, are there colonies that, you know, is it even feasible, mathematically speaking, for the bees to raise enough brood to be able to then get healthy and strong enough to raise enough brood again a second round to truly be strong enough to make it through the winter. Because if the answer to that is no, then there's no point in, in letting them continue on on their own when you could put them together, have one big strong colony that you know is going to survive, and will be able to bring in pr- plenty of natural food sources to then make it through the winter on its own.
0: And, uh, and the trouble, something I have noticed is, you know, we've requeened a lot and you got to sit there. Okay. Do I need to kill, take this queen out and put these bees into that hive and, or, you know, and then build that colony up and then take this queen. And possibly if she's a queen that you purchased, uh, you know, one of the, uh, high dollar queens and then put that in one of the colonies that uh, are a swarm. And so it's all kind of a juggling act. <laughs> yeah, but work. I think you spend more time
1: thinking about saving and transferring queens than any other beekeeper I know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, like the other day, we took uh, put a new Italian queen into a big swarm. And by the way, she is Good, good. We took that queen out of that feral colony, put her into the big tree cutout, and now, which that big tree cutout had killed three queens that we had put in that we had purchased. They had killed three. So we put this feral bee queen in there, and guess what? She is happy and they are happy with her. <laughs> so that's good oh yeah so now we're we're letting her do her thing and them do their thing and hopefully by spring we can requeen them and because uh mm, they're not quite as testy as some of the others but uh they're a little bit testy and i think once they get big they're gonna be real testy but uh they fill in a uh Ten frame box right now, so they're pretty big already. But uh, yeah,
1: yeah. There there are some decisions though. When it when it does come to beekeeping, there are some decisions that, especially when we're starting off, we we have a harder time with. And you know, we we give a lot of credence and sympathy and stuff to the queen because obviously that is the heart and the reproductive system of the colony. But in that same vein. It's it's hard to decide um, if you've got a tiny colony, if it's the queen's fault or if it is nature's fault or if there's disease or if there's, there's something else, right? So sometimes when you go through and you do that, just by default, um, the queen in the colony that's not doing well is gone. We don't usually try to salvage her and put her somewhere else because the indications are, Mostly that she wasn't doing well, then her colony wasn't doing well. But at the same time, if you take a queen out of a colony, if you had an original queen there and she was doing not great and the colony was shrinking and you took her out and put in a brand new queen and they accept that queen, you've done a disservice to that queen because especially like when it's down to just 100 bees, you put in that new queen thinking, well, now it's her job to suddenly get me 20,000 bees, but 100 bees can't take care of enough larva to generate mainly like 200 bees. And then so that next it takes you 21 days just to double or triple the colony size, and you're still only at 300 bees. And then those 300 bees might be able to raise 600 bees, and then those 600 could raise 1,200 or more, you know, like... So it's a very slow, until you get that high quantity of bees in there to be able to raise more bees, it's a very, very slow process. And that's one of the things where, you know, I think in this, in this year, you've done more thinking in that line, but it had been a, it's, it's done you a disservice because you've spent that time and those resources trying to help those little ones limp along so that you had the number of colonies Instead of focusing on having big, strong, healthy colonies and just combining three or four of them together and saying, well, I only have, you know, 15 colonies instead of 30 colonies because I combined all my swarms. But at the same time, I have 15 really big, strong colonies. Mm -hmm. And yeah, and then when you go through winter, those 15 really big, strong colonies are probably going to come out of winter 15 decent colonies that can then continue to grow, whereas... 30, eh, kind of iffy, iffy colonies, you know, you may lose all of those and lose the resources and come out of winter with even fewer than 15. So those are some of the the hard challenges and stuff that we have to make, but it, it's very easy um, to go through and, and get hung up on numbers. Uh, we should be looking at numbers of bees in a colony instead of number of colonies because that one colony that is super strong. Like I'm gonna, I'm gonna use David as an example. He's getting ready to do his honey harvest actually um, this weekend. So by the time this airs, it shall, it should be done, and hopefully it was smooth. But that guy has two colonies. Um, last year was a really, really rough year for him, and there was lots of pitfalls and and issues and things, and his colonies really didn't do what he wanted them to or what we would have expected. So he basically started over this year, and he, ended, he started with one colony, and then he divided it into two. Both of those colonies just exploded, and now he's got, I don't know, it's like five plus boxes stacked up, and there are so many bees in the colony that when they beard, they cover the entire thing, <laughs> all the way around, not just on the face. They go around the sides, they go all the way up to the top. Um, and they're out there, they're cleaning, they're washboarding, they're doing their little dances and stuff. You know, they're not, it's not a colony that's going to swarm. It's just one really huge colony. And because of that. Staying warm. They're cooling yeah. everything off. Yeah. Yeah. And, and he's in Mississippi. So obviously they've had a different year than we did. They've had a different, you know, amount of rain and a different bloom season. And it's it's just, it's phenomenal though to see some of the differences out there, um, you know, last year was a, a really good year for us. This year was not so great. Mm. Um, it's just like anything in agriculture and farming and stuff. You know, there's an ebb and a flow to it, and you have your good years and your bad years. And and this one for for us here in the central part of Texas was kind of rough. Um, people over near Houston, though, where it's more consistent and it's always, you know, humid and there's a lot of rain and things like that. Well, they did just fine. You know, there was lady that pulled five or six boxes. Back in like the very beginning of May, and we were just thinking about putting on some of our extra supers down here, you know. So um, your region definitely plays a big, big part in that. But, but yeah, I think uh, you know going into fall, focusing on strength of colonies as opposed to number, and just make sure that you have the the biggest, strongest colonies you possibly can going into winter, and make sure they've got plenty of food and they're healthy, um, is going to probably be the best bet. Um, the swarm that you guys just took out of the the bird bath was an actual, you know, watermelon basketball size swarm. Basketball, it was yeah, nice and four, five, Yeah, it was good sized. Yeah. So you can take that and that one should be able to hopefully get up enough steam that it can do good and survive the winter. But some of those other ones that were, you know, softball size, there's no there's no point. You really just need to take them and and take two or three of them and put them together so that you have one colony that's at the minimum the same size as that swarm you just caught, if not bigger.
0: Okay, now how would you do a 10 frame and mix it with an eight frame?
1: Well, it would depend on how you were going to do that mixing. If you're trying to do like a newspaper combine, you would have to cut yourself a little board to cover up the little part that um, is going to be exposed. So that you can have the eight frame sitting on top of the 10 frame on top of newspaper and then have a little board over there to cover up the opening gap. And then you would just go through the normal newspaper combine method like that. But um, if you're you know if you're doing, sometimes it's not about combining the resources. It's just about combining the B's. Mm-hmm. And if you've got you know four eight frame boxes, but there's only enough B's in each of those boxes to cover two frames, then you're not going to take all four of those boxes and stack them. You're going to go through and you're going to alternate your frames. You're going to do one frame from every box and then reverse it again and do one frame from every box and call it good and keep, you know, a queen. That It's hard when they're all small to know which queen is really the better queen, but the one that has the best laying pattern, the one that is from the colony that seems to be doing the healthiest – that's the one you keep, and the other three are just gone. You don't try to find other colonies to put them in unless you happen to have one that is queenless. Otherwise, they're just gone. And um, you know, you you take that hit and bite the bullet, and and her Majesty has to go away.
0: Because I got an eight frame and a ten frame. We both of them we just caught. Uh, eight frame's doing really good. Ten frame is. Hmm, so to combine those, I just need to put them together, go to pulling frames out and mixing them. Then, don't I?
1: Well, yeah, but what Eighth is your frame definition? Is the big one,
0: the tin frame, is not the strong colony. So you want to mix your your tin frame into that eight frame, which is the stronger colony.
1: Maybe, but what is your definition of the eight frame is doing good?
0: You know, she got, they got a lot of bees in there. They were just a bigger swarm than the other one was. Yeah, but I,
1: I mean, still, we got to know what the definition of they're doing good is. Do they have a lot of bees, but they only have literally enough bees to cover three or four frames? Because if so, it's irrelevant. If it is solid eight frames and they're covering, and I mean literally not just on the top, but you pull them out and every single frame is covered in bees and you can't see the comb for the bees, that's a colony that's doing really good. And that's a colony that doesn't need combined with anybody. If that's the case, you take, you leave the eight frame alone. And you take your 10-frame that's not doing good and you combine three other colonies that are all three not doing good. The whole point is to eliminate the ones that are weak by combining them together to make one colony that's strong. Not necessarily combining a weak one with one that could already make it on its own. You, You need to take three of those small swarms and combine the three small swarms into one normal swarm. Okay you know, that style of, of doing. But again, it's all by definition.
0: Our packages. Or packages.
1: Or the packages, yeah. Any any of the colonies that are smaller. Um, but it's all by definition because if you're saying it's doing really good just because she's got a good pattern and she's got two frames of brood, well, that's ultimately not necessarily really good, right? All right. And And, yeah, and those are some of the things that, you know, sometimes we have to take things at face value and if that is misrepresented then you're going to get incorrect information for it. So it's all about what's really going on inside there. And if, if they are doing good and they're strong and they're healthy, but they've got three or four frames out of that eight frame and that's it, and the 10 frame only has two frames, then, yes, you could say the eight frame is stronger than the 10 frame, so that's the queen I'm going to keep.
0: And that's but, what it is.
1: Yeah. And okay, so, so if that's the case, then, yes, you could go ahead and combine those two together.
0: Okay. So what I do... Pulling the frames out and mixing them that way, would would I should I mix it into the eight frame box or should I and have two frames left? No, it'd be a bunch more. That's the that's what I'm trying to figure. How do I do it? Would would I do a newspaper and put a uh, bo a piece of plywood on top of the eight frame, then set the ten frame on top of that so they would go down? How would I how would I do the do the mix.
1: Well, typically the colony that has the queen that you're keeping should be in the box that has the entrance that is allowed to come and go. And the bees that you're combining that you've removed the queen from goes on the top and does not have any type of entrance or exit, so their only choice is to chew slowly through the newspaper to get down and mix with the other colony and then and then orient on that bottom box. So um Configuration-wise, it's going to be easier to set the 8-frame on top of a 10-frame than to try to do it the other way and cover up the bottom gap with a board. Um, So, you know, you've got some challenges on on equipment not matching up there. Um, The other thing that you could do is if the 10-frame is, again, if it's not that big and you've got 8-frame boxes then the first step would be just to switch it from an 8-frame box or from a 10-frame box to an 8-frame box so now your other two boxes match. And then you can stack them equally on top of each other because you've got plenty of equipment out there. Oh, yeah. So instead of, you know, trying to reinvent the wheel and come up with a way to make those two compatible, just go out there one day, open up the 10-frame, or pick the whole 10-frame up and set it on the ground.
0: So that's what I need to do. Okay. Okay.
1: Yeah, just set it on the ground, put an 8-frame in its place, mm-hmm. open up the 10-frame, and just move all of the frames that are viable into the 8-frame, discard two of the frames that they're not using, mm-hmm. close it back up, let them orient on that, and let them be for that day. And then that night, seal that sucker up and move it over and set it on
0: top of the other hive with
1: the newspaper and call it
0: good. Okay. Okay. I can see that. Okie out. We can do that. And, uh... Other than that, I think everything's good. I'm just feeding them. Uh, my little brother, he's been feeding his, his swarm the earlier one we got. And I had to do some cut, cut the comb off the top of the uh, migratory cover and put on some rescue frames. Oh, they're going crazy. But they are some <laughs> testy bees. It's like when you said, uh, wait till they get bigger. Because when I first started messing with that bunch of bees and, and did the take the comb off and put it on the rescue frames and put them in there, they wouldn't that mean a bunch of bees. They wouldn't, you know, aggressive. But now it's probably, it's got the full, you pull frames out, eight frames are solid bees. And these bees are now they are little on the testy side let's put it that way they're feral <laughs> yeah well on that note uh we are out of time <laughs> i was just looking <laughs> so yeah. so go ahead we'll talk about that later down the line
1: yeah, yeah is that our radio um, tease
0: right there we will tell you more about how the bee turns a little bit later down the line <laughs>
1: I think this year the bee just turned over in its grave. That was about all. Get a bunch of
0: money. Let's put that away.
1: Oh, well. Yeah. I learned. All right, everybody. Well, thank you for tuning in this week, and uh, we will be back with you next week. Until
0: then, everybody out there, be good. Family, y'all be safe, be healthy. It's time for our guys to... Buzz off. But don't fret. The Hive Jive journey continues with new episodes Mondays every month. Until then, you can follow along with the guys on Facebook and Instagram at The Hive Jive. Thanks for listening, and be safe out there. We get to feeding the bees. Oh, we're going to have pollen here for long. Oh, oh who's the guy that, that did all of the... the I know we got to no, get out no, of no. here. No, no, we're we're yeah, yeah we're, we're done. done. Quit talking. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm gone. Y'all be good family.